Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Does it get any better than Chicago food? From longtime favorites to newly opened locations, Italian beef joints to pizza places, burritos to sushi, Chicago's very own eats celebrates a wide range of food and restaurants in the greater Chicagoland area. Hosts Kevin Powell and Michael Piff welcome you into their daily food talk in the WGN Radio break room as they discuss their latest foodie adventures, their top five lists, the latest social media arguments, interviews with chefs, and conversations with local celebs about their favorite places to eat. This is Chicago's Very Own Eats. Episode 5 of Chicago's Very Own Eats. A lot to get to. I can't really put into words how delicious the food was down in New Orleans. I went to the Final Four and uh, had a great time on Radio Row and ate a lot of great food. I'm going to get into that in a little bit. I'm Kevin Powell alongside Mike Piff. We are freshly back from Guaranteed Rate Field where... Um, they give us an idea of what's new at the ballpark. First time we've done this since 2019, and it's always a good time. And we can run through here everything that they uh, that is new to yeah. Guaranteed Rate Field. Uh, Dare I, I say though that was the best in the last couple years, like from the last couple times. Yeah, I mean it, it was up there for sure. Um, so I, I thought uh, some of the stuff you can get pretty much anywhere in the ballpark. The Buenos Nachos, which is at the center field fan deck. Uh, the Chef's Signature Carvery Sandwiches, which is at Section 109. The Froman's Cheddar Pierogies have returned. They used yes, to have pierogies, have. and those are back at Section 126. Uh, the Heater, which is the uh, it's a uh, sausage link that features jalapeno cheddar uh, topped with coleslaw and sriracha mayo. I don't think we tried that one. I, I remember trying that one a couple years ago. So that's a that's a good one they brought back. The pierogi, I definitely recommend pairing with some Polish sausage. And they've got the pretzel-wrapped bratwurst, which you can get at all the classic stands. There's a new tequila bar, which is by the Centerfield Fan Deck. The Rainbow Cone is coming to the White Sox Park and Smoked Wings at Section 101 and 529. So which ones of uh, what we tried, Mike, were your favorite? Wow. So today they have these new sliders that are absolutely incredible. They melt in your mouth. There's also uh, – yeah, they do. I mean, it's they're fantastic. And the, uh, the uh, Blue Moon uh, drenched bratwurst, I'll put it that way, soaked bratwurst, um, as uh, our friend Shane Reardon would say, you can taste the blue moon in the brats. Those were fantastic as well. Um, I got to try the cinnamon churro milkshake. That was good. Holy cow! That is a that'll be a good summertime treat. Along with so you were big on that one. I thought you were iffy on it. I thought it was okay. I thought it was okay. <laughs> it was you okay. know, I'm like I thought it was good. It was refreshing. How do you say no to churros? Yeah, churros, churros are were that's very good. That's a regular go to when you're at a Sox game. Um, also, I really liked getting some rainbow cone on my way out. We were on our way out of the ballpark and somebody came by is like, did you try some rainbow cone? And Kevin's like, uh, Mike needs some, which <laughs> was true. I needed to have some very badly. Um, also, uh, 
which will be a, an option in the sweets, the jalapeno artichoke dip. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Put that on some tortilla chips, and you are good. I need that recipe, too. Well, it's right there. It says a spiced-up version of the classic dip features warm cream cheese, fresh artichokes, jalapenos, uh, artichokes, jalapenos, Parmesan cheese, and crispy tortilla chips. I would say that, along with the Blue Moon Brats, which is a bratwurst slow-simmered in Blue Moon, served with a burnt orange mustard and caramelized onions. That's in the Vizzy View Bar, which is the old, I believe that was the Revolution Bar, which is uh, Section 159. you got to go up some stairs. Um, that's where you can get the Blue Moon Brats. Me, personally, I think that was the best thing I had today. I thought it was uh, fantastic. Um, and I really like the jalapeno artichoke t- uh, dip as well, which is, as you said, only in these sweets. Um, the smoked wings were very good, too. I think it's good to have wings at the ballpark. Again, Section 101 and 529, uh, if you want to go that there. It's like a classic smoked barbecue wing. Yeah. Did you try the pretzel-wrapped brats? I did, and you'll be able to get those around the ballpark. I thought they were good. I wouldn't say they yeah. were my favorite, but I think they, I think those will be a hit with the fans. That will be a new spin on what they used to do with pretzel buns, which was the uh, hot dog with nacho cheese and bacon yeah, in a pretzel that. bun. Um, so when you go to the ballpark, Kevin, what are you going to have first? Uh, of course. I mean, While well, Miller Lights are back, we can't confirm that. We can confirm that. And as I said, Mike, there, there was no way they were just not going to have craft beers. And guess what? They've got craft They've beers. They've got craft beers. They've got yes. 75 I... craft beers from 46 different breweries, including 11 new breweries, uh, making their debut at the ballpark's new Line & Kugel uh, craft, cage, uh, craft Cave. And uh, more than half of the 46 breweries are headquartered here in Chicago. So I owe them an apology. Or in the greater Chicagoland area. If you listen to our last episode, I got a little emotional. Um, And you know what? Without knowing enough, I feel like rightfully so. But I want to apologize to Brooks Boyer and Sheena and everybody over there for getting, um, again, (laughs) emotional about the craft beer. There are tons of great options. Allagash. Blake's Hard Cider, Burnt City, Forbidden Root, which is in the city. I love that place. Midwest Coast, Sketchbook, and Spiteful are all debuting there, and they're going to be bringing some back, including one of my favorites, which is Hopewell. Mm-hmm. Hopewell's an awesome brewery. If you've been there, Pipeworks, which has incredible options. Uh, I think we're going to have a good time at the ballpark this summer. Yeah, I mean, I love that the Sox have a lot of variety. I mean, for me personally, the first game I go to as a fan, the first thing I'm getting is a Polish sausage with extra onions and a nice cold Miller Lite because that's the perfect combo for me. Um, but the options are pretty much endless. I, you know, I'll definitely mix in a Blue Moon Brat at some point. The sliders were good as well. Those were uh, covered in melty IPA beer cheese, caramelized onions, and pickles served on a toasted brioche bun. So Somebody's having a moment on the other end of this right now listening, listening yes. to all the, these details. <laughs> we're actually – I'm going to be putting all the photos I took up in a gallery. We'll be on the website. If you're listening to us there, you'll see it there, but – Go to our Chicago's Very Own Eats uh, page on the WGN Radio website. We'll have all the photos, and I'll include the locations where you can find them. Yeah, so it was uh, it was a lot of fun. They also remodeled, redid the uh, Scout Lounge, which is behind anybody who sits in the Scout seats. You can go in there. It's kind of underneath. You go through the tunnel. Uh, that was all renovated. That looked really good. Looked awesome. Um, and it was just good to get back out of the ballpark right around the corner here. Yeah, new gear too. Lots of new gear to try out. So, in the hats, I think somebody told us that like 
every logo is going to be included on hats that will be available this year. That was sweet. Something like that. I mean, we all know how great the White Sox logo is and how many different varieties of the logo there are. So, um, yeah, we checked out some new gear, some White Sox swag you'll be able to purchase uh, at the Chicago, I think, Sports Depot is what they call it. It's a mm-hmm. big uh, merchandise store. Uh, at Guaranteed Rate Field. Anything else stand out for you today, Mike, at the uh, White Sox media preview tasting? You know, it, it felt like baseball again, uh, which which was a great feeling being back at the ballpark. Uh, you know, you mentioned Polish sausage is what you're going to try right away. I'm a big Polish sausage guy, too, but I got to get me some elote when I get to the ballpark oh, next yeah. week. Uh, that and, again, the pro move. I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but take the bacon on a stick— Put it on your Cuban sandwich, and you're good for for a game. It'll be fantastic. You might need a nap after that, though. That's oh sure. no, you'll get at least three innings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of good stuff, though. As always, the White Sox with uh, some of the best food and uh, uh, beer, which yeah. is still. And now you can get Miller Lite at the ballpark as well. Now, um, Northside, you know, we haven't heard anything about. They don't usually do tastings like this. Um, and you kind of have to find out on your own when you go to the ballpark. But we'll, you know, I'll reach out at some point and see if there's anything good there. Have you ever, tr- you've had the hot dog stand before though, right? Yeah, that's in uh, deep center field concourse at Wrigley Field. Always a lot of good options. It's, look, the White Sox food is better than the Cubs food. Um, Cubs, Wrigley, obviously still an amazing game day experience. But the White Sox definitely have the more of the space and the opportunity to bring different uh, variety of food into the ballpark. But yeah, I don't think we're going to be going to Wrigley for any food tasting considering opening day is Thursday. But yep. um, you know, Good stuff around the ballpark, though. It's good, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not bad. You can get some good stuff over at Wrigley, including the uh, the hot dogs over in center field. Um, so that's our recap of the White Sox food offerings. Have you been to New Orleans, Mike? I've never been, and I can't wait to hear about your experience because I've only seen New Orleans on TV and in movies, and beignets sound amazing, and so does the rest of the food scene. Yeah, so we did like kind of a classic French restaurant, which is Arnaud's, Arnaud's, something along those lines. Uh, Your French French is great. And uh, it was fantastic. They do these little crab claws, and you know they've got garlic. We had another one that had sort of a truffle butter mixed into it as well. So that was like a classic old school. I think it had been around for over 100 years. Um, and it was fantastic. We did that. We also did Cafe Du Monde, which is very much a touristy spot. But if you get there early enough, it was outstanding. Um, completely blew me away. Um, we also went to Mr. B's Bistro, which is where currently number one in my shrimp power rankings. They Ooh. do this. They do barbecue shrimp, but the barbecue down there is not like bar. You know, we have more sugary, heavy, sweet and tangy type barbecue sauce up here. This is more of a, you know, a Cajun type barbecue sauce. And I just, I mean. The broth that it was in was so good. I was practically sipping it out of my bowl that the shrimp came in. Um, And huge pieces of shrimp that come with it as well. And then some bread to dip it all in. And, you know, we got fortunate. uh, We saw a spot at the bar. I mean, there was people lined up kind of like hovering around the bar hoping to get a spot. Um, And we were able to get one. And it was fantastic. And, you know, the guy does the whole old school, comes behind you and puts the bib around around your neck (laughs) and all that. And I'm glad I had that because by the time I was done eating the shrimp, it was completely splattered in uh, the barbecue shrimp sauce as well. So we're going to have to do another episode for your power rankings on shrimp because that sounds very, very intriguing. Absolutely. And then we finished off with uh, brunch before heading out of town at a place called Tableau. And I wanted crawfish. 
all the entire time of the day. I'm like, I got to get some crawfish. And I guess this is a perfect time for crawfish. This is basically like crawfish season. So I was able to get the crawfish etouffee, which was spectacular. Maybe the best thing I ate on the entire trip. Um, and then we had some more of those little crab claws. This one had like a truffle oil butter situation going on with them. Um, it, it was so good. I mean, look, I understand New Orleans has a reputation. You can go party and do all that in Bourbon Street. But it's like, just go for the food. It's yeah. so good. I mean, you can go anywhere and party. Um but I already can't wait to get back to to New Orleans. It was it was fantastic, and Radio Row was great, and you know being around all of that. So it, it was uh, an incredible trip, and I'm absolutely in love with the food scene in New Orleans. Did when you were talking to people out there was uh, did any of the coaches or other uh, people you talked to you talk about where they're going to be heading? Yes, uh, I talked to Brad Underwood, the head coach of uh, Illinois. And actually, I have a clip of him. Here's what he had to say when I asked where. Uh, he was going to eat in New Orleans. Oh, man, I get Desi Vega's Steakhouse is really, really good. Um, I'm headed to Felix's Oyster Bar for a couple dozen oysters <laughs> as soon as we're done here. Uh, and, then I, uh, and then I ate last night at a place called Pesh uh, that is a grill, uh, seafood grill that is phenomenal. So uh, you can pick and choose a, a few hundred here, but uh, those are a few that I've, um, I, I know for sure are great. So nice. Brad Underwood, most of the coaches I talked to were – very much, uh, you know, foodies into the whole food scene. Drew Valentine, the Loyola's uh, head coach, was down there. I talked to him as well, and he was excited. Porter Moser, a former Loyola coach, currently with Oklahoma, was down there. So that was, uh, you know, Radio Row, they kind of just walk up to you and be like, hey, I have this guest in five minutes. You want him? Like, sure, bring him over. So when you're in New Orleans, a good icebreaker is just being like, Hey, what do you think of the food here? Are you going anywhere? Hey, good? you like food too? Yeah, and, and just about <laughs> everybody had a spot or was excited about, um, you know, talking about that. So it, it was great. I, I was in love. I had some oysters as well. Sat down at an oyster bar in our hotel. Wow. And the, uh, the oyster bartender, I guess, do you refer to him that way? But anyways. He the just, oyster tender? I guess so. And he's, yeah. I'm sitting there and he's just like staring me down. And he just starts shucking an oyster and <laughs> shucks it and puts it on the bar and slides it over to me and just kind of stares me down. And, sl- and then he kind of slid me a bottle of Tabasco sauce and didn't really say this anything. sounds like, like something out of a movie. It was awesome. I'm like, thanks. And I had the oyster <laughs> and it was fresh and it was great. So um, I just tried to consume as much seafood as possible down there. Um because it's it's just different. It's a great so. town for it there, right? Oh yeah, it was it was incredible. So, all right, I'm glad we were able to get to the White Sox stuff and my New Orleans trip. We're going to talk to Mark Carmen as well, who uh, who works at Fansided, also does some stuff here at WGN Radio as well. He was also used to be a beer vendor, and he was oh, a beer man. vendor at Wrigley, and he's got some good stories on that. And beer vendors are returning this year. We had, didn't really have them last year. Uh, they bring so much to the life of the ballpark. Many of them are characters and have fun with it. So we'll talk with Mark Carmen about his experience beer vending. Talk a little a little bit about a baseball as, uh, as well. Now joining me on the podcast is the great Mark Carmen. Uh, he's uh, over at Fansided. You can hear him on WGNRadio.com as well. And I figured, Carm, with baseball season here, and this is a food podcast, uh, and beer vendors are making their way back to the ballparks this year, which is great news. You used to be a beer vendor. JP, I just got Cracker Jill in the mail, the original. Um, Harry Carey with a great uh, Cracker Jack moment. 
that everybody should YouTube after they're done listening to this podcast. Uh, that's right, buddy. 1992, got my dream job with the Chicago White Sox. Um, was able to lace up the sports service uh, vendor uniform, put the strap on, and dive into a Dove Bar upper deck and a cotton candy uh, $1 product, which I loved because you didn't have to carry change. Didn't realize that people tipped on the change. Uh, but I loved having the single dollar bill. That was easy, and it was a light product. Didn't want to put the extra weight on young Carm. And, but I did eventually uh, realize that making money was a good thing. And I was able to progress from cotton candy and ice cream to hot dogs and peanuts and finally uh, on to beer at Wrigley Field. Uh, second season, 93, was able to get in at Wrigley. Uh, the, the beer product you get first there is old style. It's all by seniority. So when you get the blue tub, that's a big deal. But when you really reach the pinnacle is when they give you the red tub and you are a Bud man, Bud, Bud Light. And that day, the only profession, KP, that I have reached the pinnacle of, and I'll always remember when I saw that red tub sitting in front of me and I got my card from uh, Vince Pesha, Service Employees Union, Local Thirst, uh, whatever it is, perhaps uh, with some um, ties to organized crime. Uh, and he gave me that red tub. That was that was a big moment. <laughs> what made you want to be a beer vendor or just a vendor at the ballpark? Other than the obvious, you got to go in and watch sort. Like can you, when you're vending, I always wondered that. Are you like, is it easy to follow along the action in the game? Are you just focused on your job? See, I never understood like dudes that you know, and and that. Well, see, in college, most kids perhaps have uh, you know internships and they're thinking about their future. I was terrified of my future, so I just avoided it at all costs and just decided that I would be a vendor um, before I, you know, slightly matured at some point. But, you know, for the people that weren't doing internships and they were working at, like, department stores or retail or uh, just some office, period, I'm like, don't you understand you can go to the ballpark, make more money than you're making, and you're at the ballpark? I, I just, like, to me, it was a no-brainer. Uh, I mean, a little bit of pain carrying around a, a, a Pepsi product, but you know, then don't take Pepsi, go get something light, take a peanut, fling it around at your, at your buddies, you know, in the terrace that, that like, it was a no brainer to me who, who wouldn't want to be a vendor is the way I looked at it. And how did you get your foot in the door? I mean, do you have to know somebody in the vending game or were you just, did you apply? How did that all come about? That's a, you know, excellent question. I mean, it was at that time, those jobs were like kind of hard to get. Uh, but thank you to the, to the Ginsburg family, RIP Jerry Gins, one of the greatest men of all time. Uh, Jerry was good friends with Jerry Reinsdorf. I mean, this was an upper level move here, KP. And, um, they they were you know business associates back in the day and uh, when Reinsdorf you know was you know when they would talk baseball before Reinsdorf actually owned the the Sox all he would talk about was the Brooklyn Dodgers that's the team he you know rooted for growing up and Jerry Gins was a diehard White Sox guy like you would get in fist fights when he was growing up if somebody said that Ernie Banks was better than Louis Aparicio. So when Reinsdorf fought the White Sox, him and Jerry had done business. He knew that Jerry was a huge White Sox fan. And he said, hey, Jerry, I've got one-tenth of one percent of the White Sox if you want to buy in. It was, you know, and, so, and so Jerry did, and he was you know, had a small, 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 small piece. And, but that also gave him connections to guys like Howard Pizer, who was Reinsdorf's right-hand guy. 
And so Howard, you know, dealt with the vending thing. And so if Howard said hire Mark Carmen to sell ice cream, they hired Mark Carmen to sell ice cream. So that was long-winded story of how I got in. And then, uh, you know, once I was in there, I figured out how to get into Cubs. So you went all the way to the top to get a vending job. Basically. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> you went all the way to all the opportunities you may have uh, had. You're like, no, we're going straight to vending, but it's it sparked right, something right. great I, for you. I, it, it's, 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 it's a great point. Like, dude, you could have like strategized how to get in the organization to do something with right. your life. Instead, like, <laughs> you strategized how to sell beer. Good job, dude. <laughs> Some would call a beer vendor a hero, though, Carm. So you're a hero in my book. Did you have any uh, horrible experiences uh, as a... Uh, as a beer vendor? Uh, well, the one I've told many times is, uh, uh, y- you know, it was Cubs Sox, and we're talking 2006, and it was the Michael Barrett, A.J. Perzinski uh, moment in time when Perzinski, or Barrett slugged Perzinski. And... Very heated day, guaranteed rate field. Uh, at that point, I think it was the cell, uh, but we're, we're, it doesn't matter. And so the the brawl happens, and I'm standing in the aisle, um, you know, watching down the left field line. And one of the fans uh, screams at me, to you know, to, to can you can you kneel? Uh, you know, because I was I was in 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 her way and like start yelling at me that I'm a season ticket holder. Meanwhile, this person had like last row season tickets down the left field line, so it was a total Johnny come lately. And I, you know, I had been walking the steps since '92, so I was basically like, in essence, I think really like, I'm not moving. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not kneeling. Well, that was not the right word choice at the time, KP. And um, uh, upper level vending management was called. And as I was down in the row, you know, an inning or so later, I saw good old Bill Collada uh, waving at me with the fingers come up and get me. And I was sent home. Cub Sox, one of the most uh, profitable days for a vendor, sent home fifth inning to think about my actions. And that was that was a tough, tough day in my vending career. <laughs> wow. I can't see Carmen losing it like that, but uh, understood. Hot day, tempers were uh, were flared there between the Cubs and White Sox. When did? Um... By the way, that was also my section. So wow, I was making because it was the closest to the commissary. So you would, you know, one beer vendor to an aisle. So I would carry a double case, two cases, and I would I would hog that aisle and just be selling beers. like a, I mean, I never made more money in the summer with Sox than that summer. I mean, Comiskey was just jammed. So what could, you, so make, what could you make I, in, one, in one game, one day? Like on a really you were probably. I mean, at that point, you were probably averaging, you know, some, somewhere around $300 a game, something like that. Um, and, so, and you'd have big days. You know, you can, could make five on a, on a huge day. But um, uh, I had, so I didn't want to look up the section. So I had to go and apologize to this person, and then see them every day and act like I that act like I had, it was behind me. When in reality, it's not behind me today in 2022. Still want to kill her, but anyway, we continue on, please. Uh, when did you decide to uh, hang up? I don't think hang up the cleats would be the. When did you decide to to hang up the tub, the beer tub, the beer vending tub? When did you retire uh, from the game of beer vending? Right. So, well, I came back to, to WGN in, in 2007, KP, hired by uh, 
uh, Cap, and, and, and of course, uh, our sports director, a fearless leader, Dave Annett, to uh, produce Sports Central. And they were paying me um, a significant salary of, of the low 30s. And so I said to Cap one day, I'm like, dude, uh, how do you feel about me you know, do, vending on the side to supplement this paltry income? And he was just like, I really, I don't care what you do. If you need to, if, if you can make more money, I think that's great. So I was, you know, producing the show. Basically, I'd, I'd go to the ballpark um, and get my get my vending card, go down on the field, hobnob with uh, players, coaches, whatever, try to get people on the show for later in the week. The game would be on. We had the Cubs, so there was no show that night. I would vend. I'd go back after the pregame, change into the vending clothes, do, you know, make my money and then change out of them, do a quick, uh, little spritzer to, to, uh, clean up, get the post game sound and then go up and do the 11 o'clock. There used to be an 11 o'clock sports update. Um, back in those days, uh, on for whatever reason, there was some thought that the 11 o'clock news was a big hit at that time. So I would do my sports update from, where Pat Hughes was sitting, and then I'd go home. Uh, but 2009, Wait, so you were vending and doing your your GN job like the same day. Yeah, and I would I would wear the visor, and I would put sunglasses on, <laughs> and I would if I saw anybody from WGN other than Cap, I would walk the other way. Did not did not, did not want any. But he really uh, paying attention to what I was doing, even though, though I really wasn't doing anything wrong. But I just didn't feel like the need to publicize it. You know, Does that makes sense. Are we on the air, by the way? I hope this is uh... <laughs> this is Chicago's very own eats, my friend. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's so classic, Carm. I love that story. Um, yeah, it, it it was a good one. And so, but at any rate, uh, you know, uh, classic WGN regime change at the time. Uh, the Randy Michaels era, they got rid of Sports Central. Uh, they are asking me to pr- produce Milt Rosenberg. Uh, Milt and I, as much as we loved each other, that was probably not the best marriage. <laughs> so I started actively looking for jobs and was able to uh, land in Kansas City. And so at that point in 2009, to answer your question, I, I hung up the strap in one of the more emotional days slash greatest days of my life. Uh, After 17 years walking the steps. Have you ever considered pulling a Jordan and, you know, making a big comeback or anything like that? You know, it was interesting. uh, Just this past a a week or so ago, uh, you know, I was going to meet a couple of my my vending buddies, uh, Joey Cavies, lawyer, uh, Darren Kopech, uh, construction industry. We were going to meet for uh, a a quick foodie uh, post-spending orientation. And I was thinking, well, you know, I'm not as uh, busy as I once was on the weekends. Maybe I should maybe I should try to get back in there and pull down some dough because they're they're apparently the money is quite good these days uh, with the credit card and the tipping and whatnot. Uh, but uh, it was a fleeting moment, KP. I think my days, you know, once you give it up, it's hard to get it back. I mean, Brady can come back and all, but I, I don't. I I think that for me, it's uh, you know, I just got to face the facts that I don't have it anymore. What station were you at uh, in at Kansas City? I was on Radio Row at the Final Four, Carmen. The, there was a Kansas City station sitting right behind me, and I was going to go up to him like, do you guys know Mark Carmen? But I didn't because so, I wasn't sure which yeah, station you were at. Uh, well, they definitely both know me. Uh, I go on 810 WHP. Yes, which is it was sort 810. Of 
Yeah, so A10 is the heritage, standalone, kind of WGN-style station in, in KC, albeit on the sports side. You know, there's sort of like an old school, maybe old school to score before it was, you know, lumped into Odyssey and all that type of stuff along its way. So that 810, I go out with my guy, Sarin Petro, nowadays, because he likes to bring on guys who used to work for 610, which was where I was at, a 610 KCSP, home of your uh, now uh, college basketball champion, Kansas Jayhawks, these days. Although that, that thing has gone back and forth. Um, I'm, I'm 99% certain they're on 610. But yeah, I was at 610 Sports Radio with our guy Nick Wright, uh, Danny Parkins, uh, Sean Sharif doing mornings in Dallas. Uh, everyone has gone on to phenomenal success uh, with the exception of present company. <laughs> I don't think that's true, Carm. Uh, do you have any other thoughts on uh, on the vending? Do you, you've got some, I'm sure, some still. Uh, I think one time you and I were up in the uh, in the box at the White Sox game, and you were basically pointing out each vendor and giving me like a scouting report on each one of those guys. Well, you know, the greatest of all time has retired, that and that is Lloyd Rutsky. Uh, you can follow Lloyd on Facebook. He has the both vending books, pictures at, at Wrigley and uh, at Comiskey. Uh, we've had, I believe you probably were there when Lloyd, uh, I don't know, popped on to some weekend shows, but, um, I, I never thought that Lloyd would hang him up. No one has sold more suds than Rutsky, <laughs> but you know, the, the, uh, the, those that continue to soldier on the Lee cooks of the world, the Frank Belize's, the Scott Wesselick, AKA weasel, uh, these people will forever have my respect, um, and slight scorn all at the same time. But uh, this is, uh, it's kind of like an end of an era here, man. There's like, you know, some dudes that just, they did it for life. Um, R.I.P. William Dennis, who was a great, 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 great man. Um, People, I don't know, do you remember, a lot of people called him Arms. Huge African-American gentleman that everybody thought was like the greatest vendor ever because he was so physically uh, imposing. But he actually was like, you know, the most chill dude ever who sold like half the amount of cases that, you know, a guy like myself would sell was running around trying to make every last cent and competing with everyone. Cause that's part of the vending thing. Like how many did you do? It's kind of, you know, like, like how many followers do you have on Twitter or something for a media guy versus how many loads did you sell at the end of the day? And uh, that would be a celebration if you beat your, your fellow vendor slash competitors. That's Mark Carmen. You can uh, hear him, watch him over at Fansided. Uh, what's going on over at Fansided? I saw you guys were giving some stuff away online. You've got all kinds of podcasts and content you're cranking out. Are you going to do anything for baseball and like opening day and all that? Uh, we are busy, and if you do follow me on Twitter, you will register to win yourself a Justin Fields jersey if you haven't already. So at the Carm can get you paid, or if you if you subscribe to any of the uh, YouTubes over there, uh, the Windy City Bears podcast, you can also you're also instantly registered to win a Bears jersey. So KP, get in there, buddy. I think you uh, should Bears. give away a pair of uh, your game worn tennis <laughs> shoes from East Bank Club. Mark, Mark Carmen's a ferocious tennis player who's constantly uh, competing. Uh, if you if you were to give away signed game worn tennis shoes uh, on the social media, I would absolutely subscribe or do whatever I have to do, Carm. It was a tough loss to Lucian last night, uh, 6-3, 6-3. <laughs> Excuse me, KP, sorry, dealing with a slight uh, cough situation. Uh, hang on. <laughs> uh, yeah, Lucian took me down. 
Lucia took uh, And I'm going to get emotional. All right. I will let you go. That's Mark Carmen talking about his beer vending days with opening day right around the corner here in Chicago. Carm, you're the best. Thanks for jumping on. Love you, KP. All right, that was my conversation with Mark Carmen, former beer vendor, great man over at Wrigley Field. And just as we wrapped up, the Cubs, you and I were talking a little bit earlier, Mike, about the White Sox new food offerings. The Cubs put something out, and they sound great to me. I think they heard us. I think they were like, oh, so those guys are going to drop an episode about the White Sox. <laughs> uh, yeah, the options are looking fantastic. The uh, Twisted Tater, which is a crispy spiral potato skewer served with a dill pickle dip. Mm-hmm. That sounds real good. And Nashville hot chicken. I feel like every stadium should have not Nashville hot chicken at this yes. point. Everybody loves Nashville hot chicken. Now, uh, you know, an underrated Nashville hot or Nashville hot chicken is at a donut place. Did you know that? I did not. Do what? right donuts. Oh, okay. Makes an amazing chicken sandwich. And I think they have one by the ballpark. So some uh, inspiration there. Smoked brisket sandwich. Lily Q's. I just had some uh, some brisket at a Lily Q's over at the United Center. So mm-hmm. I feel good about that, knowing how they, so they, they care about that. So they dip it into the barbecue sauce and then top it with jardinera and serve it on a hoagie roll. That sounds amazing. That better be a fresh hoagie roll. Fresh hoagie roll. Fresh hoagie roll. And then they have a Maxwell Street-style pork chop sandwich. Usually when you see Max Street... Uh, you think Polish? Pol- yeah, Polish. But no, we got a pork chop sandwich coming to Wrigley Field. Caramelized onions and mustard on a toasted bun. So just like that, Cubs putting a little, uh, adding some some good food over at the ballpark uh, just in time for opening day on Thursday. All right, we've we've covered the White Sox, talked a little New Orleans food, talked to Carm, talked to a little Cubs here. And it's a very busy sports week, right? We had the College Basketball National Championship. We've got opening day, and we've got the Masters. Tiger Woods probably going to play. That's incredible news. Just a it's little a big over a year coming back. It is very big. Hello, friends. Hello, friends. Um, so you and I, and I think everybody, first of all, have you ever seen the Masters concession menu, what they offer up there? They offer amazing food for like two and a half bucks. So they're known for their pimento cheese sandwiches, their egg salad uh, sandwiches, and they do a barbecue. They do some other stuff, but the pimento and the egg salad are really what Augusta's known for, and they're like $2 for the sandwich. I love that. And it's great. So I think I'm going to attempt to do some pimento cheese sandwiches over the weekend at some point, make mm-hmm. some pimento cheese. But also one of the cool things the Masters does is they have so much tradition, obviously, at Augusta. Is they call it the – I think it's technically called the Masters Club, which is when all the a Masters winner uh, winners get together. All the green jackets. All the green jackets get together yeah. and they have dinner together. And the winner of the previous year's tournament gets to decide – the menu. So, for example, Tiger Woods in 2020, after his incredible 2019 victory, uh, in August, um, Augusta roll of tempura shrimp, spicy tuna, avocado, eel sauce. Um, so basically sushi. And then he also did a main course of steak and chicken fajitas, grilled veggies, uh, Mexican rice. I think this is a great menu from Tiger Woods. We, we've seen some bad ones. What were some of the best ones? Because there's a list of what everybody's gotten. Yeah. And you, you know, know what? I think last year's winner has an amazing menu. Let's hear it. So this is Hideki Matsuyama's menu for tonight. The appetizers include assorted sushi, sashimi and nigari, uh, yakitori chicken skewers, and then he goes into a miso-glazed black cod, Mm. and then 
uh, Miyazaki Wagyu. Oh, my goodness. A Wagyu beef ribeye with mixed mushrooms and vegetables, vegetables, if you will. <laughs> and uh, to top it off, some Japanese strawberry shortcake. I think that is a top-tier master's dinner menu. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with it. I like when the, the you know you obviously want to bring in your your cuisine, right? Like Jordan Spieth did a bunch of barbecue because he's from Texas, right? We've also had some. Who was the one that you sent me yesterday that had haggis <laughs> for his? Uh, uh, what's the heck is his name? Um, l- I had it right here. Hold on. So one of the worst it. ones I've seen, and this was Bubba Watson, who was I'm I'm a fan of, and he's won there twice, but probably the most boring. Master's Menu Championship Dinner. A traditional Caesar salad. Everyone loves Caesar salad, but it's like, okay. An entree of grilled chicken breast with sides of green beans, mashed potatoes, corn, mac and cheese served with cornbread. Look, that's not a bad meal by any means. But if you're going to be at the Augusta Master's Club Championship Dinner, aren't you doing something a little better than a grilled chicken breast? It's bad when the best thing you have is your dessert, which his dessert was confetti cake and vanilla ice cream. Couldn't even get creative with the ice cream there. Um, But, you know, going back to the guy that that you mentioned earlier, Sandy Lyle is his name from 1989. (laughs) And he did not care what anybody else thought. And he made them eat haggis and mashed turnips. Tiger in 2003, porterhouse steak, chicken, and sushi. That's just a great menu right there. Everybody's going to like that. So if if you were to make a championship master's menu, Mike Piff, what would you you put on it? So I'm bringing some of my favorites with me. I'm bringing uh, honey butter fried chicken. And uh, to honor the tradition of pimento at Augusta National, I'm going to bring some pimento mac and cheese which I highly recommend you do this week. And if you're going to get into the Masters, get some pimento mac from Honey Butter Fried Chicken. Uh, over at uh, Chicago Cut, um, I'm not bringing steak because I feel like that's just a little too much going into your you know, your week of, uh, of golf. But, you but the should... pimento mac and cheese isn't? No, not at all. <laughs> exactly. And you should bring with some lobster cargo. That okay. they make it's this, it's this crazy concoction their owner came up with that I can't get enough of, uh, and then you know since uh, Michael Jordan gets very into the golf scene, mm-hmm. bring some of uh, the bacon appetizer from I think he does a Nooski's bacon at Michael Jordan's right. as well as their uh, blue cheese fondue garlic bread. Wow, yeah. I've had that; it's very good. So you went with a very light and simple menu. Yeah, simple. So so light. <laughs> Mento so mac and cheese, honey butter fried bread, chicken, honey butter fried. Good Godspeed to whoever's teeing it up after that. Um, I probably go like a very traditional steakhouse, like a seafood tower, and then like a steak dinner with with the trimmings and probably some like I know you mentioned carrot cake. I'd go carrot cake or key lime pie, something like that. So carrot like cake's a, a good very, call. Just solid steakhouse type dinner. I feel like it fits that setting, Augusta National, very well. And I'll bring some rainbow cone ice cream. <laughs> some rainbow. I don't know if that would. Yeah, sure. Um, but it's uh, it's very cool that they all get to do that, and it's fun to kind of look at what they've ordered. Phil Mickelson, a lobster ravioli and tomato cream sauce in two thousand five. A five sounds outstanding as well. So um, I hope to see Tiger in contention this weekend. I think it's still very much a long shot he wins, but the fact that he's even competing uh, this week is is an incredible comeback, again, for Tiger Woods. I'll be watching. I will be watching. When Tiger plays, I watch, that's for sure. So 
I might do some pulled pork on Sunday as well, too, because they're known for a barbecue sandwich. We'll see. Uh, He's Mike Piff. I'm Kevin Powell. This has been a jam-packed, very fun episode five of Chicago's Very Own Eats.